Welcome to Face the Climb podcast with your host, me, Jen Camille. I'm a strength coach for climbers and outdoor athletes and founder and owner of the online training business, Face the Climb. This podcast is an extension of that business, and we dive into topics all about strength training, lifting, the benefits of lifting for your climbing and your outdoor athlete pursuits. But we also dive into why lifting is so beneficial and why you should be adding strength training into your life because it's not just a phase, it is a lifestyle and the benefits go far beyond just improving your performance. If you're looking to find more information, you can check out the blog on facetheclimb.com backslash blog. And you can also give me a follow on Instagram at face the climb. Now let's dive into today's episode. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Face the Climb podcast. Yeah, this is a bonus episode. Don't really do in between episodes. I've never done an in between episode between the normal episodes of every other Wednesday, but I, you know, I was just feeling like recording this episode because I do get asked this question more times than not. I think that's how you pronounce it. (laughs) And I do want to say, if this is your first time, welcome. I hope you enjoy. I hope this is a thought-provoking episode for you. And you end up wanting to listen to more episodes. And if you're returning, I'm excited for this one. If you are specifically a climbing coach or if you work as a climbing guide in some capacity or just kind of as a teacher in the climbing world and realm... I hope this really is a thought-provoking episode for you as well, and if you are a climber, I hope that it does the same for you too and kind of helps you see where I'm coming from and understand my coaching philosophy, but also gets your wheels turning because, you know, that's... That's what I love to do. I love to get people's wheels turnings. I always ask questions when people ask me things, hold the space for them to kind of come through and figure out things for their own. This is, it's what I love to do. I love conversations like that, that are just thought provoking and get you thinking and thinking differently, but not to say that what I'm going to say is the only coaching philosophy out there, is the only way. Fuck no. (laughs) We need so many different coaching philosophies. We need so many different people out there contributing in their own way in this climbing realm. So then climbers are able to find the coach that they are meant to work with that is meant for them. And I, when I go through this, do realize I support what other climbing coaches are doing. It's just that I do Maybe have a different coaching philosophy, and I'll get into all of that as well. And going back, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, or if you have been listening to the podcast and you've not already, you should definitely go check out the free Toe Dig video lesson that I have down in the show notes. It is about almost a 30-minute long video. It's about 25 minutes, but it goes all into Toe Digs, what they are, how they're beneficial. You know, if you are the type of client that's been struggling at thinking, oh, those holds are too far away, or being able to get your feet back on the wall, creating tension throughout your whole body. So many things. Oh, it is such a beneficial climbing movement to learn, and you can go ahead and grab that down in the show notes when you're done listening to this episode, or while you're listening to it. You can multitask as long as you are not driving while you're listening to this podcast, which when I listen to podcasts, I am always driving, so I hope 
that you are not going in the show notes right now as we speak. <laughs> if you are driving, please do not. Wait till you're done driving. Please, please, please. <laughs> and of course, we need to start off with good old crag snack and coffee. So I asked on Instagram the other day, favorite crag snack and coffee. It was an overwhelming response of people that wrote sour gummies. I feel you. I absolutely love sour gummies, especially the sour watermelons. I definitely got a few responses with those. I will say I did try the sour strawberries the other day. Not as good. Sour watermelon beaten by a long shot, but I still have a huge ass bag of sour strawberries that someone gave me. So yeah, I'm still eating them because fuck, they're delicious and they're a great crack snack, but they do not live up to the sour watermelon gummies. If you've never had the sour watermelon gummies, you need to go to the store, find them now because they are absolutely mm, absolutely delicious. They beat Sour Patch Kids, they beat Sour Skittles, they beat Sour Watermelon. Not, well, they are Sour Watermelon, they beat Sour Strawberries. You get where I'm going. They are the winner at the Sour Gummy Candy Game. You think you have a better sour gummy than sour watermelons? Please shoot me a DM because I need to try them and I need to, I need to see what you're thinking there behind the thought process that there's something better out there than sour watermelons. And I do want to mention the next coffee I'm going to talk about. You know, I also got a lot of responses was black coffee, which is awesome. But the other week I was driving up to Acadia with my friend Katie and we literally were going through Boston and there was literally a fucking Dunkin Donuts on one corner And across the street, on the opposite corner, there was another fucking Dunkin' Donuts. What the fuck? (laughs) How, how is that even, how is that allowed? How is that real? Is that real? Was, I was like, am I hallucinating? How is there literally a Dunkin' Donuts on one corner of the street, and then a Dunkin' Donuts literally across the street on the other corner? Now, this was one of those, like, classic big old Connecticut fucking roundabout circles. I don't know what they call them. They call them something else in Boston. I don't know what they're called in Boston, like Massachusetts. But like, really, like you couldn't just go around the circle to get to the other side to go to the Dunkin'. And this isn't the first time that I've had this happen. I was once driving from Boston up to Rumney with my friend Michelle. I stopped at a gas station to get gas. In the gas station, there is a Dunkin' Donuts. I look across the street, there's a Dunkin' Donuts store. This was just like off the highway. This wasn't some big city or anything. This was off the highway. I was just like, am I really witnessing this? What the fuck is it with Connecticut and Massachusetts and Dunkin' Donuts? Because Dunkin' Donuts coffee isn't even that great. It's like gas station coffee. If you like Dunkin' Donuts, I am sorry. I'm sorry if I offended you. I am not a fan, but I do drink it a lot because that's what I'm, that's what's on every fucking corner. And if I'm running late and I don't make my own coffee, looks like I'm eating Dunkin'. Fuck. It sucks. <laughs> I definitely try to hit up one of the local, you know, coffee shops in New Haven, but oh man, please someone explain this to me. I just, I don't understand why there needs to be a Dunkin' Donuts on either side of the corner of the street, like across the street from each other. I just, I just don't get it. I don't get it. Uh Someone please explain it to me, please. But now that that rant's over, now that I got that off my chest, finally, I hope some other people also see that and understand why I think that's absolutely crazy. Let's get into this episode. All right. So the question that I've been asked before is, you know, it kind of goes along the lines with 
Jen, you're a climbing coach, but all of your content, it doesn't really talk about training, like training aspects, things that go into training, like rest periods, rep schemes, you know, what you should be doing for power endurance, what you should be doing for endurance, how you build up volume, volume management, intensity, all of the shenanigans that go into the typical training thought. Okay, when you think of training, the typical things that you think of with training. Now, have I? 100%. If you go back enough on my Instagram feed, I went into post-activation potentiation and PAP, how that relates to climbing. That's what my research was in in grad school. I've talked about rest and the importance. I had a podcast episode all on the forum pump and physiologically what's going on in there. And I think I also get this question asked because, you know, my background is in exercise physiology. That's what I got my master's in. I got my undergraduate in biology. With I took every physiology fucking class that they offered. I absolutely love physiology. I find it so fascinating. And I've been coaching. So this is kind of where that the answer lies. And it's the fact, you know, I'm also a certified strength and conditioning coach. You have to have all of that. Um, And I'm constantly learning, you know, I'm constantly reading books, getting, I need to get continuing education credits for my um, certification. I'm reading articles, you know, I'm just trying to stay up to date to the best that I can. I'm learning from other coaches as well, because I do think that is so important. You know, there should be a standard in this climbing industry that climbing coaches, whether they work with youth, adults on their own, all of that there is a standard, right? And that's like, there's the education, there's certifications, they are continuing to educate themselves and learn. I think that is so important. But what, where it kind of changes for me has to do with the fact that unlike a lot of the coaches that I see in this online space, I've been coaching since I was 14 years old. Have I been coaching climbing for that long? No, because I haven't been climbing that long. I've been climbing now for about six years. And in my times of the six years climbing, I have coached youth athletes, but I've also coached young adults. And that's primarily who I work with right now is young adults through about the oldest person that I've worked with is around 60. So a range of range of ages there. But I've been coaching since I was 14, and I'm 30 years old. I've been coaching now for more than half my life. And through that, I have definitely developed a coaching philosophy. But I've also, because I worked with, for a majority of that coaching life, high school athletes, middle school athletes, and then college athletes through lacrosse and soccer and also as a college strength and conditioning coach, fuck, as a college strength and conditioning coach, I would coach up to 100 athletes in a day. (laughs) And during this process, I've, you know, I played up through college as well. I have had the amazing experiences of having amazing coaches and then working alongside amazing coaches and having amazing mentor coaches as well, I've been able to develop a coaching philosophy that maybe I think is a little different than what is in the climbing community because of people I worked with. And this is like 
if you're a youth climbing coach, I really hope this does cross your mind, what I'm about to say, especially because you have such an impact on those kids, is, you know, we would always talk about, okay, how are we going to prepare them for the season? How are we going to win X number of games? How are we going to get them stronger in the weight room? And all of that. But then with that came the conversation, and how are we preparing them for life? There is such a big emphasis on how are we preparing them for life? Because once they leave that field, they're on their own. Once sports are over, once they graduate college or end high school and they don't continue to play, they, they're out in the life. Like, have we prepared them to face adversity when adversity hits? Have we prepared them for discipline? Have we de- de- um, prepared them for time management, respect? Have we prepared them for the list goes on? Have we prepared them for life? Because sports are amazing. Climbing is fucking amazing. But at the end of the day, it's only one aspect of life. And it was such, such, such a huge emphasis on how have we prepared them for life. And that is such a big part of my coaching philosophy. So with the content, no, I don't talk about the training aspects specifically in the manner that other coaches do. On this podcast, I don't talk about that. If you're on my email list, I don't really talk about that. I go into beta breakdown videos and I'll give you like some tips and tricks and all of that. I go in quick climbing tips and stuff, but I think it is so, so, so important to realize and recognize that you can get so much more out of climbing training and that through climbing training, other areas of your life may improve as well. And I find that extra step of other areas of your life may improve as well as so, so, so important. You know, I'm a climbing coach and I talk about how it's okay to not train. That I feel like that, you know, a lot of people would be like, Jen, what the fuck are you talking about? You Don't you want athletes? Of course I want athletes. This is a business. You know, I want to support myself. But at the same time, there is the reality. Like, climbers need to hear that from someone in this role to be like, hey, it's okay to not train for climbing, depending on what you want out of climbing, your why. Hey, it's okay if you fall out of love with climbing. It's okay. And... I put such an emphasis on all of those things. Like, you know, I talk about the importance of your why and why you love climbing and always going back to that. Why your worth isn't wrapped up into grades. That's why I definitely don't talk so much about grades because my coaching philosophy goes back to that question that I learned so young and was engraved in me and I found to be so much more beneficial for the athletes that I worked with. And am I working with high school and college athletes anymore? Not really. I do work with some college athletes, young adults. But even so, we as people can always grow. And all a lot of the climbers that I work with, you know, they're struggling. They come to me and they're like, I really want to improve my confidence on lead climbing. That goes so much deeper than just climbing, okay? 
you know, I once, I won't go into all the details, but I once had an athlete, you know, done training with me, online training, and also did a couple of the clinics that I do. And they sent me a text message and I brought me to tears. (laughs) I could kind of tear up just thinking about it. But the premise of it was that they learned to trust themselves again for various reasons. And I totally understood those reasons of why they didn't trust themselves. But you, they learned to trust themselves again. Do you understand how impactful that is? How other areas of their life will improve because of that? And we are taking a little break from this episode to let you all know if you have been enjoying Face the Climb podcast, if you've been able to take little climbing gems out of these episodes and start implementing into your climbing and see an improvement in your climbing, if you have found that this podcast has helped you look at climbing in a different lens and also go about your climbing differently and just help you understand that yes, what you are going through is valid in your climbing, no matter what grade that you are climbing at. And if you've been feeling those things, enjoying this podcast, and are looking for a way to support, you can do so by going down into the show notes and clicking on the buy me a cup of coffee link. That is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. Again, that is buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb. If you are looking for a way to do a reoccurring support for this podcast, then you can also choose that option by going down into the show notes and choosing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. Ah, absolutely appreciate your support so much and cannot thank you all enough. Seriously, that is, again, two separate ways that you can support this podcast. The first is by going to buymeacoffee.com backslash face the climb and or doing the Buzzsprout subscriptions. You can find both of those down in the show notes. And again, I cannot thank you all enough for the sport. I absolutely love podcasting. Now we'll get back to the rest of the episode. And that's that's why I talk about the things that I do. That's why I create the content that I do. You know, for me, it will always be more than just climbing training. It will always be more than improving your performance. Yes, do I want you to improve your performance? Do I want you to get better at climbing? A fucking course. But I also want you as a climber to like, fully be aware of what you are capable of, not just in climbing, that you are worthy, that confidence can be learned. You don't need to be stuck in this way, you know, and it's helping climbers build up that confidence because there's, oh, I hear so many times of climbers, especially women that have gotten into situations that weren't great because they were with a belay partner that was pushy and was making them, putting them in situations that they weren't fully comfortable with or weren't fully ready for skill-wise in terms of rope systems and everything, but they didn't have the confidence to speak up for themselves and say no. 
when that is such a huge fucking thing. You know, and with that, with saying that, I once had an athlete that came to me and told me, like, we've been training and stuff. She ended up taking a lead course, and the person that took the lead course with her, that was their first time belaying, and the staff member was like, oh, no, 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 it's okay, like, we just taught them, they're okay, you can take a fall, and she was like, no, I'm I'm not going to take a fall. She stood up for herself, and she said, thank you, Jen, like, you know, working with you, I was able to have the confidence to say that, you know, say that to the staff member. I wasn't comfortable that this was their first time. They never even top rope belay. They just learned how to lead belay. And I wasn't comfortable with how they were belaying. And even though the staff member was there to back them up, I still wasn't comfortable. And that's, that's, that's so big. That's so fucking big. And that's why, you know, I keep saying, that's why I talk about the things that I talk about is are the other aspects of training important? Yes. You know, you will you can find so many online climbing coaches talking about that in their social media, podcast, emails, all of that. That is fucking awesome. That is great. And I hope they still do, truthfully. I hope they still do. It's just, that's not why I'm in it. Because my coaching, like what was engraved in me, it was always such a big emphasis on, have we prepared them for life? And that's what I always go back to. And that's why I do what I do, because I understand, I know that in this position, in this role, I can have such a greater impact than just improving a climber's performance. You know, and if you're a climbing guy, realize that you do too. You know, when you go out and teach an outdoor anchor course, Yeah, you're teaching them the skills and everything so that they can go out and do top roping. But also realize some of those climbers that are taking that course, this may be the first time in a long time or the first time that they are now self-sufficient on themselves. And that is so big. Learning how to be self-sufficient and what that brings, this confidence, this eye-opening experience of like, oh, I am capable of doing these things by myself, that will translate into other areas of their life. It's not just an outdoor anchor course. You know, how have you prepared them for life? All of us in these roles should ask ourselves that question, especially, especially youth climbing coaches. Please, 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 if you are a youth climbing coach listening to this and you have never thought about this, please do. Because you have such an impact on those kids. They look up to you so much. Even though they may not seem it, like even though they may put it off like they don't, they look up to you so fucking much. And you have such a role, immediate role in their lives. You're seeing them probably two to five times a week. You have such an impact on them. And you could do so much more than just get them to nationals. Because guess what? Once climbing's done competitively, have you prepared them for life? Because I'll tell you right now, when I stopped college sports, and you can talk to a lot of people that have done college sports and it's been their whole life there and it just ends, you almost don't know how to work in society. 
You know, it's this very weird feeling and this weird adjustment. But I was lucky enough to have coaches that did prepare me for life beyond sports. So my transition was definitely a little better. But for climbing, you see so many climbing athletes now walking away from climbing, falling out of love with climbing, which is totally okay. But I think it's there is part of that is due to because there's been such a great emphasis on winning, winning, winning instead of like, how are you preparing them for life? And I'll tell you right now, that will make you a better fucking coach. It will change how you approach conversations with your athletes. It will change your priorities. And guess what? They'll still fucking do great at climbing. They'll still improve in climbing. But you'll be able to help them even more. Okay? And that goes... That's kind of... That's why I make the content that I create. That's why I create the social media posts that I do create the podcast and have the conversations on the podcasts that I do in my email list is because of, it goes back to that question. Have I prepared them for life? It's so simple, such a simple question, but it is so impactful. And because I've been coaching now for over 50% of my life, I know very well the impact that I can have in this role and other people in these roles can have on the people that the climbers that they work with. So, you know, if you're listening to this, you could even be a climber right now listening to this and being like, okay, well, you know what? Maybe I want to learn more about the training aspects. That's fu- That's great. And I hope you do. It just may mean that I am not the climbing coach for you. My content and my podcast isn't going to help you in the way that you are looking for. And that's okay. Okay. And if you are looking for suggestions, I am more than happy to send them your way because I do want you to benefit and improve your climbing and find what you're looking for. There's so many climbing coaches out there. I am not the climbing coach for everyone. I am not the content creator for everyone. And that's okay, you know, but there are climbers out there that do need this, that are looking for this, and I'm here for it. I'm here for it when they're ready, you know, and I hope that if you are a climbing coach or climbing guide or a teacher in some aspect of climbing, that this episode has also helped you think differently about the work that you're doing. And help you realize that you can have such a greater impact on people, on climbers, than you think. And, you know, I never I never know how to wrap up these podcast episodes. <laughs> so, you know, I'm going to just kind of wrap it up with, you know, have you prepared them for life? I'll wrap it up there. All right. Thanks, y'all. Bye. Thanks for listening to another Face the Climb podcast episode. It has been a pleasure having you here. And if you're looking for more ways to dive into lifting and strength training, definitely go check out the free lifting guide, which you can find down in the show notes and or on my website, www.facetheclimb.com. 
This is the guide to set yourself up for success in the weight room and doing it with confidence. We dive into how to build up strength. We dive into auto-regulation, sets and reps, progressive overload to help you build that strength through educational videos. But then we also dive into how a bunch of how to do exercise videos like deadlifts, rows, bench press for barbells and dumbbells. This is guide is jam-packed with information and an amazing resource if you're looking to get into lifting. And of course, make sure you go and follow me on Instagram at face the climb. I would love to see you there and have conversations. All right. Have a good rest of your day, y'all.